Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Welcome to the Purgatory Week. That's what I like to call this week of Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast because we have the conference championship games. Yet, however, the Super Bowl is somehow not going to be played on Sunday. That'll be a skills competition and all the other stuff that nobody gives a good dog on about. But no, here we are in this purgatory week between Super Bowl and the AFC Championship and NFC Championship games. But I do have to say this, Mark Gumbel, before we get into all the important things that we have to recap, just score one for me last week because, like I said, before about the Jim Harwell thing. I believe it when I see it. All these insiders don't know anything besides what they're told. And I'll tell you this, Ben Johnson was as good as the head coach of the Washington Commanders up until he wasn't the head coach of the Washington Commanders and he's going back to Detroit. So go ahead, all the insiders and, and, and newsmakers, they're not breaking anything, okay? So I, get, I know that Jim Harbaugh left, and that eventually came true, but I believe it, again, like I said, when I see it. Ben Johnson back in Detroit, and you know what? Everybody in Detroit's happy about it, but they did blow a 17-point lead in the second half. Yeah, and I think it's probably a smart decision because you're looking at next year, we always know it's going to be at least six or seven job openings, and I think one of them may be in Dallas. You know, and I think that could be one that guys are kind of waiting for. Bill Belichick, maybe potentially as well. But, you know, the commander's job. Yeah, they got new ownership there and stuff like that. You know, they're trying to turn their program around. But is that really a desirable job? Like you always say, like what you say about Jim Harbaugh, you, you think he's going to get fired in three or four years. So why not just stick it out one more year in Detroit and see what the landscape looks like after next season? Well, he decided to do that, and, you know, I just wanted to take that quick victory lap because everybody's like, whoa, a surprise, Ben Johnson not going to Washington. No, 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 it's not a surprise. You were wrong. There's a big difference between a surprise and being right. You were wrong. That's all it is. That's all it is, Mr. 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 You, you know, I don't need to name their names. You all know who you are. They all know who they are. They all know who they are. The ones, the same ones that are – are, are reporting that Travis Kelsey is going to retire at the end of the season and all of this and that. No, call me when it happens, and then we can deal with it. Call me when it's real. <laughs> well, I know it is real. The Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. So we actually watched this game together at Jalapeno Pete's, which was a – it wasn't necessarily a walk behind enemy lines for me. Because, like, I didn't, you know, I picked the Ravens, but I'm not, like, living and dying with it. But there was no interest in having a good football game on TV at Jalapeno Pete's. There was no, 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 no one, nobody but me had any interest in a good football game. I said at one point, I was like, why are they running the ball? A guy turned around to me like, what do you mean why aren't they running the ball? Shut up. Why wouldn't they run the ball? Because Kansas City's got the best defense in football. And then another guy, like, I'm saying, like, no, call timeout. It's a one-position game. Like, call timeout. And I said it out loud reflexively. And then this guy was like, not here, not now. I was like, yo, I just wanted to watch a good game. I wasn't even, I wasn't even like, you know, you would have thought I was a dyed-in-the-wool Ravens fan, the way some of these these chiefaholics turned around and responded to me. It was ridiculous. Yeah, they already ripped your head off, man, a couple of times. That, That one guy that, 
uh, ended up shaking your hand. He kept giving you that little eye, man. I was like, whoa, let's get a little. Yeah, I was like, what? Well, I mean, should... it, it's evident that Baltimore needs to call a timeout right now. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm just watching the game on TV, but no, 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 no. Yeah, I was like, it's getting a little chippy in there. But, um, you know, you were talking about Chiefaholics, and I think it's pretty ironic that that game was in MNT Bank Stadium because there was a robbery in Baltimore, Maryland Sunday afternoon. You like how I yeah. did that? You like that? You've been sitting <laughs> on that one for two days now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so we can start there with the with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, and Steve Spagnolo getting press corners to bail him out again. On, uh, but I mean, I tell you what, as much as uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kansas City, but and I I say this in all seriousness. There was, to me, no logical reason why Baltimore did not run the ball more, especially in the second half. It, they played that game. Like, I turned to you at one point and told you, it feels like the score is 35-7 to seven because that's the way that Baltimore was playing the game because all they were doing was passing the ball. Lamar Jackson is the, is one of the most, the most unique threats on offense that you could ever find if the passing game. And you know what the other thing that was really driving me nuts about it from the Baltimore side of things before we get into Kansas city was, was uh, not only their inability to, to call design runs, but also just a complete lack of second, second reaction plays. Like, how many times did we see Lamar drop back and it was like, one's not there, two's not there. And he's just like, well, I'm going to just keep on keeping on, keep on looking at one, keep on looking at two, keep on looking at three. And he didn't run at all. And he, that's why he got a sack fumble. Like, and even the one that he did run, which makes me wonder, can he run like he used to? Because he had Legereus Sneed and he's over there playing patty cake. Would you like, just run past this guy. Like, run past him. This is not Lamar Jackson, but... You know, you have to give credit to the to the Chiefs defense because they kept him in the pocket and they corralled him. And in the and then what he had one one or two big plays, like he broke out of that sack to throw the touchdown to Zay Flowers, caught his own pass, and that was pretty much the only time he remembered. Like, oh wait, I can run forward on the football field instead of just sitting here in the pocket and waiting for somebody to get open downfield, which was not happening. But you know, I'll give credit to the Chiefs defensive backfield because they really. In, kind of blanketed the weapons that Lamar had been using all season. Yeah, and I'll say this as well. I think early on, I think they panicked because if you look at the Ravens season, they haven't really trailed that much at all, especially early on in games. You know, you get down 7 nothing early. The Chiefs just went down methodical. Mahomes completed his first 11 attempts. So I, I think in this type of moment, you got to remember, obviously, you know, these coordinators that they got, it's their first time in this moment, you know, they got two new coordinators, McDonald, you know, and I, I just think offensively they panic. You know, you see 15 on the other side of the ball and you're like, wow, our defense is getting shredded early on. And they did try to run in early downs in the first quarter, but they weren't doing anything. They only they had one run for 15 yards. But after that, you know, you had a couple of one and two yard plays and things like that. I think they got scared because. They didn't want to live in third and long situations, so they started trying to air the ball out. But for me, I think the bigger concern of your Baltimore is, and you're talking about on that one play with Legereus Sneed, he kept looking back, trying to stiff arm him. Why didn't Lamar... Run past him. I'm sorry, can you like take a step to the right and put on the gas pedal? Like, What's going on? Why didn't Lamar scramble more? 
I mean, there, like you mentioned, there's plenty of times where he was patting the ball, and I've seen like the all 22 now. He had a lot of open running lanes. He just refused to run the ball. Was this a case of you're going against Mahomes and you're trying to prove that you can outshoot him? And are you are are you letting the media get in your head of the narratives of you being a running quarterback? I don't know. Like it, it seemed pretty odd to me that he didn't take off a lot more than he did in this game. It made no sense. Like the inside, because I was obviously in the Chiefs bar, so I didn't I couldn't express I wasn't watching the game in what I would call friendly confines. I was literally like in, inside my body. I'm like, run, run, run. Like, what are you doing? And then, and then, you know, the one benefit of doing this show a day later than we normally do is we saw some of the uh, inside the NFL video come out, right? You know, the, the mic'd up videos. And, you know, I thought Odell Beckham was consoling or trying to calm down Lamar Jackson. We've seen Lamar get animated. We've seen him get angry at, you know, certain points in time. No, 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 no. He was telling him, you're the best player out here. You got to go run and make something happen. And he just, for whatever reason, like even that's the that's the thing that gets me. Even if it wasn't the designed runs, the second reaction runs just were not there. And I mean, it it was something that just especially in a game in which where like Patrick Mahomes, he said as much after the game, but he was just managing the game, not turning the ball over, getting first downs, eating clock. It's like, dude. This was a one-score game for so long, and the majority for the majority of the game, it was a one-score game. The play, the game could have flipped on any single play, and you know it really did. With Zay Flowers fumbled out the back of the end zone, but how about that? How about that? You know what? People want to change this rule. I just would like to. I would like to state and show the record that we said we had two AFC playoff games with fumbles out the back of the end zone, and I think the right team won both sides. Well, no, this one, wasn't the back of, this one wasn't the back of the end zone. It was, it was recovered by the Chiefs in the end zone. This, the Ravens well, could have recovered. Well, it fumbled, fumbled reaching for yeah. the end zone. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, talking like, yeah. about. We can't do that. We're going to give the offense to Paul Baker on the 25-yard line. No. Look at that. Both the times, it happened just fine. Both times, the right team won. Like the team, the team that dominated the game won the game both times. So just, just all you freaking uh, – uh, all you, all you freaking fantasy football nerds, just shut up and let when real football is happening. Which, again, no one in the Kansas City bar was interested in real football happening. The way that you guys were crying for every single flag, it was unbecoming. But still, it was, uh, it was just, it was ridiculous in my opinion. So before we get onto the Chiefs side of this, I want to talk about the Ravens kind of moving forward here. You know, because there's been a lot brother. of bad there's been a lot of talk of you know and i agree this is probably going to be the best chance they ever had not saying that they can't ever go to the super bowl because you can go and uh obviously not so advantageous situations but i think it's safe to say this was their best clear path i mean you had everybody healthy i mean everybody they, they didn't have no significant injuries at all they had all 53 men that were there marlon humphrey came back for this game you were at home, had the one seed, got to play a young Houston Texans team in the divisional round, and then you played what, based on everybody else is telling me, the most vulnerable Chiefs team in the Mahomes era at home. And you had all the guys coming back. You had Ray Lewis there, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, T-Pain at halftime, Michael Phelps there, and, and, and you didn't even make it 
out of the AFC. So, I mean, now you're looking at your free agents. You got, obviously, OBJ, Algalar. You got guys on defense that are going to be free agents. Clowney, Cal Van Noy. Um, okay, so, I mean, this is a blown opportunity, man. Yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, for, again, score one for the non-nerds because this Baltimore team was the DVOA darlings of uh, of years past. I mean, of this year, like they were historically one of the best DVOA teams. Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, it reminds me of another historic DVOA team, the Balt- the Buffalo Bills. Who you know, we haven't seen them in the AFC Championship game in a little while now. Let's talk about how great their DVOA is, but yeah, no, I mean, Matabuke is is a free agent. Uh, you know, it's just they have their linebacking core, but it's just a lot of that team. This 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 was the year for Baltimore. This was the year it was set up, and you know. It's not a hot take that if Lamar Jackson won that game, he's a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. He would be one of the other two quarterbacks that's active right now that would be Hall of Famers without a doubt. Like, because you look at the list of multiple-time MVPs, and off the top of my head, uh, I'm not going to do it right now, but I trust me, they're all in the Hall of Fame, are soon to be in the Hall of Fame when Rodgers and Mahomes retire. Five years after that, they'll be getting fitted for their gold jackets. Right, even if Mahomes decided to retire today before this Super Bowl, he's still a Hall of Famer. It's about multiple um, MVPs, multiple MVPs that have at least made one Super Bowl, right? Well, MVPs in general. The uh, the the Venn diagram is a circle. There's there has been multiple MVPs who have not made the Super Bowl. Mm, 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 mm. But okay. so if he had won this game, had a Super Bowl appearance, go ahead. Him, get ready for your speech, Lamar. And I still think he is a Hall of Famer based off of what he's done in the regular season thus far. And the list of people who have two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns in the playoffs is five people long. It's Otto Graham twice, Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, and Lamar Jackson. Jay so, Cutler, that's hilarious. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> well, I looked it up at first. I was like, there's no way that is true. <laughs> there's no way that that's true. But it is. And uh, but regardless, Baltimore again goes out sad in the playoffs. And, you know, let's stop talking about losers. We can go ahead and spend it towards the winners. And I just I just feel like it had to be a victory lap moment for you when Marquez Valdez Scantling makes that catch. Because they wanted him killed, Mark. They wanted him out of the city. They wanted him excommunicated. They wanted him to, to go to him and Kadarius Tony, who may or may not have been hurt, but definitely had a child. Uh, that was a weird. That was a weird one. I was reporting all Saturday on Fox Sports Radio that he was yeah. out for both a hip and personal reasons. Yeah, so I was like, is, is the hip part of the personal reasons? Like you know, what I'm saying? but <laughs> either way. Uh, Either way, Marquez Valdez Scantling, known to have dropped a few balls that would have cost that cost the Chiefs wins or at least the shot to get a win, especially notably in Green Bay, ends up making the catch uh, to seal the game. Was it not Green Bay? No, well, Green Bay was the one where they, they missed the pass. They should have called pass interference. Oh. The Eagles game was the one where he just flat out dropped it. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, talk about a full circle moment, man. And I think it's just a testament to the leadership of Patrick Mahomes, you know, you hear about like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, for example, right? If you drop a pass or a couple passes, he's going to just exit you out and not trust you again. And that's not what Patrick Mahomes is about, man. He he really believes in his guys. He gives them multiple chances. And I think that just instills confidence in his teammates. You know, like I was just talking about Martez, 
Marquez Valdez-Scantlin dropped that big ball against the Eagles on Monday Night Football that probably would have won the game at that point. Everybody in Kansas City wanted him out. Uh, he's still probably going to be gone after this year because of financial reasons. But still, nonetheless, you know, in a big moment, AC Championship game, and this is two years in a row. Now, this game wasn't the big game like last year. I remember against Cincinnati, I don't know if you recall, he had over 100 yards in that game when almost every receiver was down for the Chiefs in that game. It was pretty freaking crazy. But this game, he had the one big catch in the biggest moment of the game. And I don't know if you saw the mic'd up part of that uh, before that play happened. It was 39, obviously. Mahomes is like on the sideline, like, give me the ball, give me the ball. Because, you know, a lot of teams in that situation may just run it and, you know, milk some there's, and There's no way. Like, stop it. Like, I'm not I'm not coming at Patrick Ford, that, but, but if they were running the damn ball. There was no, They were never going to run the ball on third and nine with Patrick Mahomes back there. Well, no, the they, Chiefs weren't. The Chiefs had weren't. zero chance of happening. I'm not saying, like, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to come at Patrick for saying, like, give me the ball, give me the ball. But it... Everybody in the world knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to get the ball on that play. Like, stop it. Martin, see, you just want to ruin the storylines. It just it makes it better for the, the, the story when he says, give me the ball, give me the ball. <laughs> I, I want it. Who else was going to get it? That's that, that's what I would have turned around and told him. Man. That's, if I was like, you know, uh, Trey Smith, I would have turned around and be like, who do you think is going to get it, pal? <laughs> Guess what? It's, it, it's coming your way, okay? It's coming your way. No, no, no. Let's put Justin Reed in here and give him the ball. Like, no, no, no. he's going to get the ball. But, yeah, I, I kind of want to hear your opinion on this, too. And where, where would – I mean, you know, ranking right now is kind of hard because you don't got all the teams in your mind right now, their runs. But if they finish this, would this be one of the most impressive runs you've seen? I mean, think about it. You know, you play Miami. You know, they're explosive with Tyreek and, you know, Waddle. Second round, you go on the road for the first time in the Mahomes era. Go to Orchard Park, a team that's desperate to beat you. You haven't then beat you in the playoffs in the Josh Allen era. Very hostile environment. Then you go on the road again to play the best team in the league, best defense, one of the best defenses of all time in the Baltimore Ravens and the MVP and Lamar Jackson, and you beat them. And then if you play the Niners, a team that was, you know, widely regarded as at least a top-two team in their conference, depending on who you talk to. And, you know, if you beat them, that's a pretty impressive run, I think. I think that they've had more impressive runs in the last five years than this one. I really, even though, even if you're counting like going on the road. Yeah, I mean, even still going on the road. I mean, Baltimore's. I mean, not Baltimore's. Baltimore was fully healthy. I'm not taking any, and I'm not taking away anything. But you asked me to compare them to other to yeah. other runs, so here yeah. we are. Um, but Miami was injured defensively. They were starting like Jason Pierre Paul. If you watch Hard Knocks, he just had just gotten there. Episode three, episode six is the AFC is the AFC divisional round, or wild card round, I should say. And he and he's playing right there. Um, I mean, was it AJ Klein was calling plays for Buffalo? He wasn't even on the team in November, right? So it's like I'm not trying to again. You asked me to do this, so yeah, here yeah, I'm going to do it now. Yeah, now, it. and I think that as much as the Chiefs went out and dictated terms. Uh, against the Ravens, it felt to me more like a Ravens loss with Patrick Mahomes doing a few crazy things, like a two or three crazy plays, than it did to me the Chiefs coming out and establishing dominance over Baltimore. Like I, I was sitting there watching, thinking, like, why aren't it's why aren't why aren't the Ravens doing 
the things that they have done all year. Like, why aren't they doing the things that they've done all year? And I think now to the credit of the Chiefs, I think that is that does play into the idea that, you know, they Patrick Mahomes and them came out first drive, 11 plays, uh, was it probably six runs, five passes, or whatever it was. And then, but like some things like, okay, like why are why is Travis Kelsey 11 targets, 11 catches? Like that's insanity. Like what th- th- there are no other weapons. <laughs> what are we doing? Like if Rasheed Rice had come out and had like a 200 yard game or Marquez Valdez-Scanley had like 150 yards passing, then it would, or receiving rather, I would be looking at this in a different light. But the Chiefs did the same thing they have done all year. This is the recipe that they have had to win games all season where Baltimore was just like, oh, we've won games by running the ball and using our our our, our MVP in ways that put like, only you can use him in. Like that, like where was the the rollout pass touchdown to likely that happened last week against the Texans? There was none of that. There was you would have thought Lamar Jackson had the moves of Peyton Manning. Back there, although then is and it and turns out they have the same playoff career through six years, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I know we're going to get to the other game here in a second, but I just want to talk about this run in general, man. Four Super Bowl appearances in five years, and it kind of got me thinking. You know, people always talk about how Jordan deny people from getting rings and things of that nature. You're kind of getting to that territory of Patrick Mahomes, you know, Lamar Jackson, obviously Josh Allen. This was my, this was my takeaway, honestly, from it, because yeah. this, this chief's team was beatable. Like, like yeah. they flatly were like, they flatly were, but it just, I mean, it was a one position game the entire game, just about the entire game. It, all you need yeah. is one mistake out of Kansas city offensively. And you know what? You just didn't get it. You never got it. And the scary part is you got to assume that this receiving court and offense is going to be even better next year. You know, yeah, you may take a hit on defense, but, you know, I, I think the offense will definitely be much improved next year. And, you know, you, this was the most vulnerable Chiefs team, and they still go back to the Super Bowl. It's just incredible, man. It really is. And, you know, after the game, Travis Kelsey said, hey, I could play another 11 years. This never gets old. Like, I'll calm down. You're not going to play another 11 years. But I think we could put the bet that he's what not going to retire. Number. Why did he pick 11? Well, because he's already played 11 years in the league so far. Gotcha. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm just basking in this. Uh, I know you see my stuff on social media. I just, I'm sorry. I'm going to just keep talking about him because I grew up. And I know you're going to say, you're spoiled. You didn't grow up in the hard times. But to me, I felt you did. like you never it had felt like you never, hard, it felt like hard times because they went 22 years without winning a playoff game until they won their first one with Alex Smith in 2016. So, yeah, you can say you made the playoffs, but yeah, who cares about getting there and just losing every year and one and done? Like, <laughs> so I, I'm enjoying this this era because I know it's not going to last forever, but Mahomes is only 28. So. We got, another, we got another at least 10 years, I think, of this. You know who cares about just getting there? The Detroit Lions. I'll tell you that. That's who just cares about just getting there. A team that doesn't just get there. That's what I'm saying. Half the team, you know, we made the plans, but we never had a chance to win because we had Alex Smith, that quarterback. You were in the dance. It's not your fault you couldn't take the girl home. You were at the dance. You drank too much punch, and you passed out in the middle of the floor. But nonetheless, you were in the dance. 
Think about the Cleveland Browns this year. They were in the dance, and you know what? They had Joe Flacco throw back-to-back pick sixes, get their heart ripped out, and what, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. And you know what? They don't even, who knows what, what the future holds for them. Just miss that. It's Chiefs were winning the AFC West before Mahomes and all this. They were having home playoff games. Just because they were losing them doesn't mean they weren't there. There's levels to this ineptitude. There's levels to this suck. And you didn't experience the dredges of suck. You didn't have to go to games as a kid and watch the fans around you wear uh, paper bags over there because they were ashamed to be shown on national television. That's, that's what real suck is. That's real suck. Well, I am a Royals fan too, Martin. No, oh, the same team that won the World Series in the last 10 years? Oh, don't give me that, dude. <laughs> Did they not? What about before that and after that? <laughs> the ring still fits. The ring still fits. Let's take a Mike break. Mustak- you know, Mike Mustakis was the first athlete I ever interviewed. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, fun fact, fun fact. Let's there take a go. break and get us to this Lions-Niners recap. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after the qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So by Lions Niners recap, you mean just the kick in the nuts that the city of Detroit received. Yeah. So before we actually get into the game, I know you were at the Chiefs bar with me. Where did you watch this game at? You went back home after that? Or? I did go back home. Oh, okay, okay. So you got the you got the yelling, you know, friendly confines and do whatever you wanted to do. There wasn't much yelling, honestly. The, Not in the, the first yelling half? was in the first the yelling half? Should, was should, happening. Should. In my, in my phone. That's what the yelling was happening in my phone. Everybody was yelling at me. Where right. are we going? Where are we going to stay? Airbnbs aren't that expensive. Let's get the tickets now. <laughs> like, that's what the yelling was. And then oh about midway through the third quarter, it was just radio silence. It was sad. Yeah. Um, so I was obviously heading back. I was watching on my phone though, because thank shout to Brittany. She she drove on the way back. So I was able to watch the parts that I would have missed if I was driving back home after the Chiefs game. And I was shocked to see that early lead, man. They jumped on them early. You know, the Lions, the offense, Jared Goff had plenty of time in the pocket. The Niners defense looked like how they did against the Packers. Uh this Niners team, man, I know they're in the Super Bowl, so you don't want to like take anything away from them, but they're very fortunate to be here. I mean, because we both agree they probably should have lost that Packers game. And then you get down 24 to 7 in the first half of this game against Detroit. But credit to them, the Lions folded like a lawn chair in the second half. Um, inexperienced showed his ugly rear head there. You know, they had to fumble with uh, Gibbs, and the Niners started getting things going offensively. How about that Eli Manning crazy play, the Brandon Ayuk? Right, like just goes through a guy's hands. Like I've seen that story before. It just wasn't on the side of his helmet on this time. But yeah, man, I feel bad for the city of Detroit because you know it's a good feel, feel good story. You know they haven't been here before, and like you mentioned, I mean you, your your buddies back in Detroit were probably like you said texting you, talking about where to stand at and things of that nature. I know all the Detroit rappers are probably ready to book their. They already have their flights and stuff already booked, actually, at halftime. So very, very demoralizing if you're Detroit. And like you always say, and I kind of take uh, I kind of take this as a piece of advice. You know, you gave me some good uh, advice on this one. You know, you got to get the ones you weren't supposed to get. This you know, was definitely one they weren't supposed to you're, get. You got to really get the ones you weren't supposed you're really to get. Big. You're big on that. And I kind of I kind of take credence to that. So and this was the one, like you said, the Lions were not supposed to get this one, but it was right there to be had. Speaking of the ones you're not supposed to get, did you probably make the same argument for Kansas City right now? Uh, the way that this season went, but you get the ones you weren't supposed to. That's how you that's that's when you really sneak up and start pounding on stuff. But I mean <laughs> It was just like it's like if you if you were if you were betting a hundred dollars on a on a coin flip, heads or tails, right? And you know, and all you know, hit tails. 
and you bet it again, and it hit tails again. And you're like, what's not going to happen three times in a row? And you bet it again, and you hit tails for the third time. Now you're out $300 on a 50-50 proposition. Like, that's just kind of what the way that it went. I mean, but I think that Dan Campbell got a little bit out over his skis. Probably should have went for it at the end of the first half instead of kicking the field goal. And then I think he kind of kicked himself thinking about that going forward, going forward into the rest of the game. But to me, the most inexcusable play, and I understand it in a place of the Lions had no problem with running the ball on like a third and 12, like they did in that game. But like that was the Lions would run and convert third and 15 without a doubt, like without a question, like their strength was running the ball, but like to run the ball, down two possessions on third down. Oh, yeah. You have to and then have to out. burn a timeout. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? That was a no-brainer, or I should say, that was a, a dead-brain move to run that third down play. If you get into the end zone, all is well, all is fine, but you didn't. You got to throw that ball because it's got to either be a touchdown or an incomplete pass because you know you're going for it on fourth down, and you know you need three timeouts to be able to extend the game. Once you lose your sec- once you lose the timeout, you're now banking that Brock Purdy will take a will fall down or something ridiculous and lose the ball and kick it over his head or something just out of control. Yeah. Speaking of. If how about if Lamar Jackson? This is what's crazy about all this. This this is as a as a whole. All year, people were talking about Brock Purdy to be the MVP. Me and you both disagreed on that on that note. However, if Lamar Jackson played like Brock Purdy did in the second half, the Ravens would be in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, he was running. I was surprised to see that. If Lamar Jackson played like Brock Purdy did in the second half of that game then the Ravens will probably be in the Super Bowl right now. He converted three first downs running. Yeah. What? Just ripped your heart out, too, man. Like, it's like, man, like, because you, you didn't really see him do that that much throughout the year. I mean, I know he's not just a complete statue back there, but that hasn't been a, a, a big part of his game. So to see him do it in that moment, you got to give credit to him, right? You know, he wasn't just going to sit around and – Cut the ball and I hope somebody gets open. He's like, oh, I see a lane right here. I'll take this five, seven yards, ten yards right here, move the chains and reset things. So hats off to him. I, I know we're pretty hard on him on this network, but you know, I you gotta give credit where credit is due. You know, he didn't completely just wow me in that game. Uh still was a lot of turnover worthy plays to be had out there to say the least. But hey, you know, that's why some of those guys are receiver are cornerbacks and not wide receivers, right? Because they're not going to catch all the picks that you give them. But yeah, he made the plays when needed to be. The Niners are here. Uh, that defense is still very, very shaky to say the least. And Detroit, man, you squandered a big opportunity. Thank goodness you do got Ben Johnson back next year, so you still should be really good offensively. But man, that's going to hurt for a while. It's going to hurt for a while knowing you're up 17 at halftime. And I think in the fourth quarter, you're talking about that field goal attempt that they probably should have done. I couldn't believe he went for it. I know that's been your DNA all year, but in the analytics and everything says go for it, and that's who you've been. So you kind of got to go down on who you are. I get all of that stuff, but there's a time and a place still. You got to have a feel for the game. 
You tie the game up right there. You still put some real game pressure on Brock Purdy and them because now they're up three. They they feel like it's, it's like a big sigh of relief, right? We still got the lead. You got the ball. You know, you can still play your game. But if you tie it up, you know, you get them in a third and long. You know, can Brock Purdy make that throw? I think the game just feels different at that time. So, and it's kind of one of those things, and I kind of want to hear your take on it because we've been kind of Brandon Staley anti-guys, right? From a pure just decision-making standpoint, is Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell just Brandon Staley? He just happens to be right more often see, than not? Did, see, no. No, and this is a, this is an ugly thing I've seen going around. And I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. No, this is ugly. Because the difference is the Lions execute on fourth down. Like, don't. Like, how many times did we see Brandon Staley get bailed out by Justin Herbert making an incredible throw on a fourth down play for him to for the, them to, for the drive to stay alive? Like, it, that was uh, more often than not, it was a player doing a great play to be able to, to sustain the drive. Like, the Lions, if you just look at it, they just had their biggest miscues in the biggest moments. Josh Reynolds was open. Jared Goff was able to get him the ball on time, a little behind, but still, like the scheme, they schemed open on fourth down. So I don't, I, I don't look at it quite in the same way because half the time, I mean, you show me the time that the Lions ran a fullback dive on fourth down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a play that you've never seen them run before. Like, no, they would go to their bread and butter plays on, they, you, to me, the difference is it seems as if that Dan Campbell and the Lions have a, a sheet that is, these are our high leverage fourth down plays. These are the ones we are going to bust out on fourth down. We practice them. We will be ready for them as opposed to just kind of playing Madden where they're like, oh, we know what we haven't done yet. Fullback dive. Let's run fullback dive on fourth and two. Like, why would you do? That's not what you do. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not your bread and butter. It would be like if the Chiefs wanted to go forward on fourth down and they ran a sprint right option. All right. You've run that play a million times. Like, that's that's a bread and butter staple of the last five years for Kansas City. Like, so it it that's that to me is the difference. It felt like at least Dan Campbell has a fourth down plan or Brandon Staley has a fourth down wish. No, I agree. I just have to propose the question because I've been seeing it all in my timeline over the last 48 hours. So I was just curious to see where you stood on that because I know you've been strong anti um, when it comes to uh, Brandon Staley, who is uh, looking for a defensive coordinator job somewhere now. <laughs> but uh, I guess what we kind of spent a lot on the Niners, I mean, the Lions here. Let's go to the Niners side of this. Um, Brock Purdy, you know, this is your potential worst nightmare. If he wins the Super Bowl, right? Because the 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 discourse all offseason would be very, very nasty, I think, according to you. You know, because you definitely didn't want him to win MVP because that discourse would have been nasty. And if he wins, let's say, Super Bowl MVP, if they win, probably a good chance he wins that. Maybe CMC, potentially, as well. Uh, where do you stand on, on this now? You know, we talk about all the weapons that are around him, you know, Jimmy G got to this point, right? But he just couldn't make that throw to get the job done. And we, to his credit, we have seen Brock Purdy come up in some big moments and make some big throws. So well, see, that's, that's what it is. That's, that's where, that's where the rub is. It's like, like, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback whisperer. I don't, 
I think he makes the game easy for his quarterbacks. I think he, you know, they kind of do paint by numbers for his quarterbacks, and that's how you end up getting, you know, some of the results that you end up getting. But it's undeniable at this point that in his two biggest games of his career, he had very big moments down the stretch in the Green Bay game, engineering that drive to come down and, and, and set up the Chris McCaffrey touchdown. And then in this last game, the second half, he was, I mean, he was really damn good. And I know if Vildor catches that interception, it's a different story, but he didn't. So it's not. Um, and I think whatever, whatever you thought of Brock Purdy before this weekend or before the playoffs started, you've got to be elevating him at this point because when the chips were down, so I've always been of the belief that Kyle Shanahan's famous stat of all 138 when trailing in the fourth quarter or trailing in the second, like, cause it's because he did not have a dynamic player or quarterback. Well, he's moving. I don't know how dynamic Brock Purdy is. It's a measure of dynamic. Is he a game changer or a game manager? Well, I think game manager is more of a mindset than anything. And I think that he made some game changing plays. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about teams that are in this Super Bowl window and they have to get it done now because this may be their best opportunity. The Niners fall into that category. You know, they were here four years ago against this same Kansas City Chiefs team. Well, not the same team. Obviously, the rosters are different, but the same core. Right. You still got Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid there. And this Niners team, man, they've been in several NFC championship games now their second Super Bowl during this Kyle Shanahan era. And talk about a guy that has to get it done and get that monkey off his back, Kyle Shanahan, because it doesn't just go back to him in 2020 against the Chiefs. I mean, we all know about the 28-3. and He was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons during that game. They got a lot of guys that they got to pay. You know, you could pay Brandon Ayuk, Nick Bosa. You know, you got a lot of things that are coming up here. You know, you got Debo on a big deal. So Trent Williams. So they they have to get it done because Purdy, you know, I know he's still on the rookie contract and things like that, but that time's going to come up eventually as well. Well, and I think that I don't I don't think that they're going to necessarily going to back the Brinks up truck for Brock Purdy. Like I think he'll make more than he's making now, but I'd be shocked if he is on a better contract than like the Daniel Jones contract, which I think is going to be the going rate for an average quarterback. Like, I think that's probably where both of these quarterbacks who played in this game will likely be looking at. Cause I don't think you're going market rate for Jared Goff either. Although he had a very good postseason. I mean, I don't know, man. Well, let's say he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. It's only his second year. He was kind of already in the MVP talk this year. Year three, you assume he gets better, right? I, I think you're kind of. I don't necessarily. Why, why do we assume that he gets better in year three? Well, why wouldn't he get better? I mean, some guys just stay the same. Yeah, but Justin I mean, Herbert I, has been pretty much the same guy since he stepped into the league. I mean, that's what's fair. he gotten markedly better at. I mean, I don't think he got a lot of help either. Though I, I blame more on the situation around him than I do Justin Herbert. But that's that's a different case there. But I'm just saying, but, I was like, you know, it's just. I don't know. This isn't Madden. Like, people don't just progress because the season and all of a sudden they got, like, plus two on their overall. Yeah, but I don't know too many quarterbacks that 
have won a Super Bowl and if they were a big part of it, just regress that next year. I, I would have to look up. I don't I don't know. I'm not even saying that he will regress. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. he'd be the same guy. Like I'm not, you know, I just don't yeah. you have to show me that you've improved before I'm gonna go ahead and say that you have improved. So what is he to use? He I know you don't like doing this. Is he top ten, top fifteen? Like where do you rank Brock Purdy? I'd have him in between top ten and twenty. Okay. 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 That's fair. That's fair. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback still, but like, I don't, that's not a knock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, I'm not trying to like, do I, like, I think that a lot of, I think if Dak Prescott was a quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, they'd be in this same place they are now. I think the difference is if you put, in my head now, if you put Brock Purdy on some other teams, like Dave Damashek, when I was on minus three on Monday, tried to say that Brock Purdy would be a minus, like a, 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 a terrible quarterback, basically, on another team. So I can't go there anymore. I can't go there anymore. Like I, can't, I, I would have agreed with you uh, up until like week 16, 17, you know, but now after after the Green Bay fourth quarter and then after the second half in, in, in the Lions game, I, I have to... I have to I have to go off what my eyes are seeing. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got anything else in this game? We're going to get into some NFL news real quick. Yeah, I, this, this made me sick. This made me sick in my stomach. Because so I made a bet with Nick Wright. And I had a, the bet was who was going to go further in the playoffs. Because he was on first things first talking crazy about the Chiefs. And I was just like, no, nah, I need some of this action. Talking crazy as as he as he's one to do. And he goes, anybody who wants to, you know, he does he does these tears, right? Every, every I don't forget what day of the week it is. But he does these tears every week. And, and I think in week 14, 15, something along those lines, he said, anybody who wants to bet on a team Below the Chiefs on the tiers to win the Super Bowl or to make the Super Bowl, then I base the committee will take the bet. So I texted him. He's like, if you like, if you have my number, if you have anybody in the committee's number, God, the committee will take the bet. So I texted him because I have his number, and I was like, no, it, it, it was just too egregious. It was like this is too crazy to be talking like this. So I texted him and I said, you know what? Book me for the Lions. The Lions will go to further, like the Lions will go further than the Chiefs in the playoffs. Lions will go to the Super Bowl. Now, did I think the Lions were going to go to the Super Bowl at the time? Maybe. You know what I'm saying? But it was really more of a Chiefs fade, okay? Because I didn't think at that point in time the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl. I really didn't think it, it really didn't think the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl until like the third quarter of the AFC Championship game when I saw Baltimore was just refusing to run. And so Monday morning comes around and I text him. It's like one of the first things I do in the morning because I know he's on the East Coast. I'm West Coast. He gets up early. I text him and I say, yo, I can't believe the Lions just got walked down by Brock Purdy. What's your cash app? You know, I'll send you the money. And he says back to me, appreciate you reaching out, but keep the money. Don't worry about it. And then double texted me and said, take your girl out to dinner and say Patrick Mahomes did this. <laughs> and I was like, what a I text him back, you're a sicko. You're a sicko. What a jerk. What a jerk. Oh, that's hilarious. Shout out to Kansas City legend Nick Wright, man. I love that. Absurdity. 
I was like, you're not going to big boy me right now. No, I'm trying to pay my debts because I'm a gambling man and I pay my debts and I pay my dues. And he comes back and says, no, take your girl out to dinner and say, Patrick Mahomes did this. And I text him right back. You're a sicko. You're you're, you're, you're a I would say something worse, but I don't want to make Eddie work too hard. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we got Baltimore, right? They they got a weird situation right now because since they lost, that means their guys can interview a little quicker now, right? You got uh, Mike McDonald is going to have a second interview with the Seahawks today as recording right now on a Wednesday. The great defensive coordinator who had this historic defense this year. Uh, I think that would be an interesting fit there because of Seattle's defense. I think they got some guys over there, but they need a better scheme to make sure guys are in the right position. I think that would be a good look for them, to be honest with you. And then I don't know what's going on with the commanders. Uh, I'd be, I think they, obviously they were all in on Ben Johnson being their head coach. So Belichick, they say. So Belichick, they say. Well, yeah, what reports say. Everybody but, but Ben Johnson said that they that, that he was going to be the head coach of the commanders. Everybody but Benny Boy. So I don't know where they go from here. It seems like Belichick is going to wait until next year, right? He's still out there, but I don't know what's going on in that situation. Uh, Raheem Morris is the Falcons head coach. We didn't talk about that last week. I kind of like that fit. I think that's a pretty good move there. Well, I mean, anybody, the Falcons are a sleeping giant. The commanders also, to me, Belichick and the commanders, I've been clamoring for this since like week 10, is a, is a perfect fit to me. Give him, like, people who keep saying stuff like, do you really want to give your football operations to Bill Belichick for three years? Why not? Let's take a quick break and then get into more of this. Back to my point that I was just making. Why would you? I mean, I understand that the last two or three years in New England wasn't necessarily, the, you know, what you would what you would like to see. But we're talking about giving like you give your football operations over to like Nick Sirianni or you give your football operations over to Raheem Morris or you give your football operations over to Frank Reich. These are just coaches I could think of that were hired in the last two or three years. Why would you not give it over to Bill Belichick for two or three years? And it, look, maybe it doesn't work. But would you, I mean, I would rather fail with Bill Belichick at the helm than I would with a lot of other people that had, like with Ben Johnson, for example, who didn't score, what, barely scored a second and a half point uh, calling the Lions offense against the 49ers. Yeah, maybe I would rather have uh, Bill Belichick, who's had six Super Bowls as a head coach. The idea that he's just a, a... just a uh, pariah, just not even going to be working is crazy talk to me. I don't think he wants it. Uh, and I was talking about this earlier. You're looking at potentially next year, Martin. There's three to four really good jobs that could open up next year. You're talking about Buffalo. Sean McDermott is on the hot seat. You're talking about the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy. You're talking about the Jaguars. Right with Doug Peterson. I mean, these are those are teams that two of the three made the playoffs, won won a division last year. What about the Eagles with Nick Sirianni? He could be out of the next year. So those are four potentially really high quality jobs that could open up after next season. Why not wait? I mean, I just think the Commanders are a sleeping giant with new ownership in Josh Harris, second overall pick in the draft. You can get a young quarterback. 
whether you, whether it's Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever, you know, whoever is not the first quarterback taken, you could take that, you could trade back to another quarterback hungry team and and use it to stockpile. Uh, and again, I think you look at the NFC East, you're really competing against the Cowboys and the Eagles, the Giants. Sorry, Eddie, aren't aren't quite there at this point in time. Unless who knows if the Eagles are there? The Eagles had a, a calamitous drop uh, towards the end of last uh, of this season. You know, and, oh, to somebody else, because I, I texted Nick, did anybody else take you up on this offer? And he said one one of the guys at his poker game put a thousand dollars on the Eagles. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! It's like wow. <laughs> I, I, I hope I was like I, I hope he wasn't as gracious as he was with me. I hope he took that money from that man because wow. you put a thousand dollars on the Eagles, you deserve to lose and learn that lesson. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. For the Eagles that made a Super Bowl run this year, but regardless, I just think that like I just think that is it's mind boggling to me that like you'd rather give your football operations, for example, to Jim Harbaugh than than Bill Belichick. I think the age factor plays a lot in it too. Cause like you're talking about two to three years. Whoever hires Belichick knows he's not going to be around that like that long. So I, I think there is a big part of that that plays into this as well. You want somebody that you well, think can be there for the long haul. The spoiler is you know, most coaches aren't around for four, five, six, seven years. There's only a handful of guys that last that long in general. Yeah, for sure. But when you're doing the hiring process, you're not you're not thinking like that. You're 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 hoping that this guy's around for a long time. That that that's what the hope is. But obviously, that's not how it always works out. It's definitely not how it always <laughs> works out. Is as we see year in year out, there's at least anywhere from six to eight openings. Per year in a league in which there's only 32. I've said it before. If like if if I mean the NFL head coaches, they run through them like Amazon workers. Like their retention rate is is terrible, and that that's including, you know, who used to be stalwarts and Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick. Those guys were kind of like you could lock them in at their jobs, and then you know we saw the Seahawks still without a head coach. I wonder if they regret firing Pete. Yeah, I mean, I think Mike Madonna would be a good hire for them, though. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in on that. I think that's a good fit. I really do. I, I think, we'll I think he's, I think he's built for it. But uh, next week, man, Super Bowl talk. I can't wait. She's Niners, baby. I do like the fact that we have some defensive head coaches uh, in this league. Yeah, you love that. Well, I just can't stand the ideas like, oh, well, you know, you got a parent with an offensive-minded head coach. Why? They get fired, too. They, like, they get fired, too. Trust me. Like, it's, 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 it's one of those things that I feel like sounds good but isn't really true. Like, like it's up there with the Chargers have the most talented roster, one of the most talented rosters in the AFC. It's like, do they? Do they? Or do you just know a lot of the players, right? Because we saw defensive-minded head coach D'Amico Ryan's our defensive back background head coach, D'Amico Ryans, uh, walk into the playoffs, win a playoff game with the rookie quarterback. You see Mike Tomlin, who comes from the defensive side of the ball. They've never finished under 500. You know, there's just numerous evidence. That the, and I like the fact that it seems to me that we're moving from uh, uh, play calling head coaches to head coaches who manage the entire team. Because, like, the, some, some 
somebody asked Nick Sirianni this in his post game now that he hired an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. He's like, so what are you going to do? So well, I'm going to be the head coach of the team. Like that's that's my job. Like to be the head coach of the team. And I think for whatever reason we lost the plot there for a while, but I'm glad we're getting back to it. And Martin, I know you're just giddy inside. You know, we're getting back to running the ball matters. Well, maybe if you're not Baltimore, but you know, <laughs> that's a different story. If, if if it show it showed its ugly head because they were like, you know what, let's just throw it a million times, and and you know what, it cost them. How do how did the Chiefs run the ball thirty times and the Ravens run the ball like seven? Like, and the what, Chiefs weren't what? even efficient in running, but it was just the threat of we're still going to hand the ball off. They were only getting like three yards a carry, if that. Bizarre world that we live in. <laughs> I'll see you next week, man. Chiefs Niners, I cannot wait. Hopefully Mahomes gets number three and we have another parade inside my city. Third time in a row the Chiefs are uh, playoff underdogs. I love it. I love it. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> see you next week, bud. All right.